local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to another episode of Real Presence Live, coming to you on the Real Presence Radio Network, as we are here on a wonderful, sunny, late summer morning here in the Grand Cities. Father James Gross, a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, joined as always today by my classmate, Father Jason Leffer. Good morning. Good morning, Father Gross. Again, very, very wonderful and delightful to be here, and all of our listeners as well. Yes, we have a great, uh, we have a great lineup of. Uh, topics uh, coming up just around the corner. Before we launch into any of that, though, if you'd be so kind, Father, to lead us in an opening prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father in heaven, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We glorify you. May we be your great glory. Heavenly Father, this day we thank and praise you for Catholic Radio. We thank and praise you for the Holy Spirit flowing through these airwaves coming into our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, our memories, stirring us alive, fully alive in the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, instruct us, teach us, comfort us, console us, uh, challenge us, um, help us to become mature uh, children of our Heavenly Father. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we thank you all for tuning in, no matter what uh, life is, what direction life is taking you today. Some of you may well be in uh, the combine or the grain cart or the truck as you're trying to bring in the rest of the, the wheat crop, or uh, maybe at home or in the office or uh, going from point A to point B. Thank you so much for taking us along with you this morning. Hopefully later on we are going to be able to visit with someone who resides in the island of Maui. We've been hearing about those um, uh, the, the awful... Uh, uh, effects of those wildfires and and the fatalities that were uh, sustained in the uh, city on the west coast of that island, Lahaina, and um, we also are going to be visiting with a Dominican sister uh, who has uh, written a number of books about helping us uh, be inspired in the faith, as well as uh, hearing from a priest who has recently joined us in our presbyterate in the Diocese of Fargo. But first of all, as we uh, so often do here on our times of hosting this program, we're going to take our uh, saunter down literary lane, and we have Nancy Gord back <laughs> with us. Uh, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you. As I've said many times before, it is always a pleasure to be with you. It really is a treat. And Father Leffer, I'll go ahead and turn things over to you as you kind of introduce what we will be discussing in this. Sure, segment. yeah, because we kind of sprung this on uh, last minute kind of a thing here, but it's a it's a little, little, little book. Um, it's called "Prison to Praise," and it's by Merlin Carruthers. Okay, and so just from the top, it's it's not a Catholic book, so I mentioned that, be clear about it. But it, it is a it's a it's a book that's been an incredible inspiration to me across my life, my priesthood, my Christianity, my ability to minister to others, and it's been a, a source of a great inspiration, trusting in God the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and and the victory of Christ o over sin and death, and 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 His kingdom present here already. And so, the 
uh, it's a true story uh, about Merlin Crothers, and it's called Prison to Praise because it literally takes his journey from uh, being <laughs> being guilty of sin and crime in prison and miracles breaking through him not believing in God, coming to believe in God, and then in a Pentecostal way giving his life to Christ, and one by one investigating and discovering uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit coming in his life. And kind of one of the reasons I I want to bring this up right now is because we're in the in the Eucharistic revival. And, and the first read of this book, you might not think Catholic Church, you might not think Eucharist, but at the at the heart of this book, or the story, and again, I'd say it's not like this great literary work, it's more of a plot um, that we experience in a true life witness and testimony, but he, he discovers the, the power of giving thanks and praise to God the Father and Christ Jesus in every circumstance, and how, how it transforms things. Well, the the word for that encapsulates that whole thing, um, making a sacrifice of thanks and praise to God the Father in Christ Jesus in every circumstance. There's one word, and it's called Eucharist. And Eucharist is means giving thanksgiving to God. And as Catholics, we we offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass, okay? And it encapsulates everything that he's discovering in a very lived, day-to-day, -day, practical experience, choosing faith in every circumstance of life. And the read it's, it's really quick it's short it's exciting when you start reading it can't put it down because he he takes you on this ad adventure of faith and and the stories he shares they just so super powerful and inspiring okay so i set the stage there and so nancy i don't know if you were ever exposed to this book before if this is a new read for you could you give us your impression what what happened to you or what effect did it have as you read it well i hadn't read the book before and as you say it's a short book it's a quick book, and I found it to be a very, what I call a rapid-fire read, because a lot happens to him, and a lot happens to him seemingly quickly. We know it evolves a little bit more slowly than he depicts it, but what came across to me a lot is the incredible energy and enthusiasm in this man. As a matter of fact, he goes AWOL for not the standard reason. <laughs> He's getting bored sitting around waiting to get into action in World War II, and he's like, I've had enough of this sitting around. I'm taking off, which is pretty much the opposite of why most people would go AWOL. They fear that experience. I mean, he was a bold man in many ways, uh, paratrooper, demolition expert, uh, I mean, he's a motivational speaker. Even when he, as a young man, had not turned his life over to Christ, Christ was not embraced fully by the Holy Spirit, did not feel Christ in him. It was amazing how much potential people saw in this person. I mean, he was pardoned, exonerated, given second chances, because there was something very dynamic about this man. And then once, he became a faith-filled man, exclaiming and praising Christ, and living through the Holy Spirit, he touched millions of people yes, through his and, motivational work yeah. and his appearances. To this day, he, he still does, even though he, he has died, he, he still does. I, you know, it's, it's one of those reads where people might be tempted to think like, oh, this couldn't be true, these stories aren't true, oh. but they are. I mean, I, I actually know people in real life who are like Merlin, who... Um, live lives of the Holy Spirit like this, where it really is that kind of power, impactful thing. Um, how about, I'd like to start with, like, let's take the first point that you brought up, where um, 
like you said, he does things not the way like a normal person would think or whatever. So, just, so the listeners would understand. He he was in the the military, and mm-hmm. he, the, he was in stateside, and he wanted to get into action over in in the campaign over World War Two, and he he couldn't handle the boredom of, of not being there. So he literally went AWOL. Not to escape getting out of military service, but to actually be sent over to military service, which sounds crazy. But he and his buddy, they, they get arrested and they get thrown in the brig. And, and so he has a choice of either, um, you know, spending what, I don't know how many years in, in prison. Yeah, it would have been like at least five or something like this, yeah. Or, or going but active just, duty. Right. And so I think he just uh, served a matter of some months, but... Uh, what the thing is, you know, this is part of the reason, too, we talk about the nature of the man. And he did crave excitement. It's one of the reasons why, and I'm mean, fortunate for people, he became excited for Christ and yes. praised his glory. Okay, so could you, and, how, how, but, how about, can you tell us, introduce us to the part where he actually goes, he has this hugely successful military experience and career, and he kind of, you know, he almost sounds like kind of a con artist or a shyster a little bit. Oh. He he figures out how to work the system, and bef- before you know it, he, I mean, I guess you could call it illegal, but he he figures out how to make this all this huge money and stuff or whatever right. coming back, and he he comes back not stateside after his war experience, not like not as a Christian, but as a person who has all this money and everything, whatever. How? How does he encounter Christ, and what what did he discover? What was the necessary thing that he, that God was asking him to do in order to become a, a disciple of Christ? Well, you, you talk about he did have, you know, and I thought about this so much. How many people are there out there who have these great talents? They're innovative. They're creative. They're resourceful, and they use them not for the good. And he did this for a while, as you mentioned. I think he was making money on carts of cigarettes, and it was in military script or army script, transferred that to mail orders, had all this money through mail orders. And so, I mean, he was, he did have this shyster side of his nature. And then once he turned his life over to Christ, and and it's interesting in this book, Two, how different circumstances come up in terms of people's problems. Because more than once, he's mentioned the addiction. I mean, he does mention the addiction to drugs and alcohol, but the addiction to cigarettes. And I think this was a problem that plagued a family member close to him. And he did have family members who were very, very Christ-centered. And you know, and, and what's interesting about like the role of those family members, like again, they're not Catholics. They're no, they're, you, you'd not. Say they're, they're Baptists, like, he, and you can say he becomes more Pentecostal. But right. his grand, it was his grandmother. How many of us are saved because of our grandmothers? But oh. his grandmother directly challenges him and says, you know, basically, Christ is not pleased with you, Merlin. You're not, and you you need to discover the Lord and. And he, he does it more to spite her. He goes to religious service, and he actually hears the voice of God speak to him. And then he comes to find out his grandfather, who was addicted to smoking and may possibly drinking, I don't know, as alluded to, but his grandfather made a promise to God. If, right. if Merlin will come and become a Christian, I'll never touch another cigarette or drop alcohol, you know? Mm-hmm. And it happens. And so there, and why I'm bringing that up is the, the power of intercessory prayer. Like, 
even even if you're not Catholic and you don't understand the doctrine of communion of saints and intercessory prayer, we do it in a natural way. We do this for each other. We we offer sacrifices for one another, for the good of another, for the health of another, for the conversion of another. And so on, on, I'd say like on a natural level, he, I mean, just because he was loved by his, his grandparents, he ends up receiving the grace of becoming a disciple of Christ. Right. And he has so many things working in his favor. I mean, he had a mission in life that God wanted him to fulfill. Because you talk about some of the things, and I had mentioned it too, but in terms of these mail orders, when he turned his life over to Christ, when he found this, his way upon this path, he wanted to get rid of his money. Right, okay, so, so yeah, t- t- Nancy, tell us about that. Why, why was that a big deal? What, so, okay, he has this money, he has it, it's there. He even approached the government, and the government said, well, we can't do anything about it, it's yours, keep it. Why, what was so essential? Why did he have to get rid of it? What, what was that about? Well, I just I don't know that he specifically states it in the book, but of course there is the guilt with how he got it. I mean, it was, let's just say it was hardly legit how he had gotten <laughs> his money. And then, of course, you know, the riches of the man, too. You're like, how can I turn toward Christ with not only this money and a good deal of money, but the money I, I, I got... They're ill-gotten gains. But what is interesting to me is that he flushed them. I think Down he flushed the toilet. some of them to get rid of them. <laughs> yes. And then it turns around the government said, well, you you got rid of the evidence of your crime, so there's nothing we can do. You know, it wasn't technically. But And then, of course, he was pardoned uh, by right. Harry Truman. So and what, that enabled him to become a, an army chaplain. So, so many things worked in his favor. Right. So, I think some of the principles here he, he rediscovers in a natural way. One, you don't get away with anything before God. And what he discovers right. is he needs to walk back through every bad decision and choice he made in order to become a righteous man before God. And that, that we, as Catholics, would call that that's the ongoing life of conversion. You're, you're walking mm-hmm. back through. And then we, we can, another principle he reveals to us is that God takes everything in your life, that even all the bad stuff, and works it for your good. And yeah. so he's a living testimony of this. So we're talking about this uh, wonderful, um, kind of on a nonfiction uh, track here, uh, autobiographical work, Prison to Praise by Merlin Carruthers, written about 50 years ago, I believe. And uh, Nancy Gord is joining us, uh, Father Leffer and Father Gross, here at our Grand Forks studios. We'll continue to this discussion after the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. 
Slovenia Spirit of a Catholic Way Bible Study. In Matthew 19, we learn about a servant whose master had just forgiven his debts. Although the servant is grateful for his master's mercy, he is unable to show the same kind of mercy towards his own debtor, even though they owed him an amount that was much smaller. His master moved with compassion for his servant, who never in a thousand years could have repaid his huge debt, forgives all. What life-changing mercy, yet how much more mercy was shown the day Jesus came to the world to set us free from the bondage of sin and death. Through this parable of the forgiven servant, Jesus makes his point crystal clear. Forgive your enemies, family, and friends, because in the measure that we forgive and show mercy, so forgiveness and mercy will be shown us. Jesus has shown us unfathomable mercy. Who in your life needs a little mercy today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross joined by Father Jason Leffer from our Grand City Studios. And we are also joined by Nancy Gord as we are talking about uh, this wonderful little um, uh, testimonial book, Prison to Praise by Merlin Carruthers. And so Nancy, as, as Merlin, as he's discovering Christ and going forward, um, there comes early on in his journey, Satan kind of comes in there and kind of tempts him to go a different direction from Christ, which is more towards hypnosis and spiritualism. Can you tell us about that little episode of his life? He is seeking, I think, to be full of the Spirit, to be full of Christ. And so he investigates certain avenues that he later realizes actually are openings, could be openings for Satan, and one of them is, is hypnosis and that power of suggestion. So he does look at different pathways that might lead him to the Spirit and to Christ, but he discovers this, this is not a good thing, that I have to drop this out of my life. This is a potential for disaster in my becoming more a man leading a, a life that is Christ-filled. And then to balance and that also, out, to balance it out, then he suddenly, kind of the world which he was very leery of and very uncomfortable with, he, the, the world of kind of the charismatic gifts and speaking tongues yes. and stuff is exposed to him. What happens there? Well, he does. You know, there is a portion of this book, and I'm going to say it's, it's about in the middle of this, and it's a fairly short read, that he experiences this idea that, that he's with a group of people, and again, it, it is very Pentecostal in nature, the idea of speaking in a language foreign to you, and he gets a sense of God speaking to him in another language. He, he is filled with that different tongue. And so that is part of what he experiences in his ministry. 
That, and you, we were talking a little bit, too, about the praying in community and the laying on of hands and healing through prayer. And there is a little bit of this nature that is internal in him, that he, that he hears the voice of Christ inside him, guiding him in different directions, and how to counsel people, too. Okay, so then um, he, he ends up, in his, in his livelihood, he ends up going back to the military, becoming a right. chaplain, he even has a tour in Vietnam, and yes. he takes us through this journey of where there he is, and all these people are coming to him with problems, like insurmountable problems, like impossible problems with no solution, um, and then even like impossible situations in Vietnam kind of thing. So what, what's the consistent thing that he discovers throughout, like counseling people in these real-life situations that basically not just saves his soul or his, his, his life in kind of this world, but opens the door to miracles and stuff. What, what happened? What does he discover there? Well, one thing, too, is there are a lot of examples, uh, episodes in war, in his life, where God speaks to people. I think there's a, there's a great depiction, this is in Vietnam, in a helicopter situation where men were wounded on the ground, and a helicopter pilot makes a completely different turn because he gets a message not to go north, but to go this way. And so he talks a lot in there about how God literally works in people's lives. But in terms of counseling people on their problems, if you, in the book, uh, suicide is mentioned more than once. Yes. Divorce. Yep. And, and you can understand this with this situation, but these people come and they're desperate and, and they need consolation. And they're like, my wife just called, she's getting a divorce. Divorce. And one thing that he does that I really came away with from this book was praise God and give gratitude for everything in your life. And he does. I mean, people are skeptical. It's like give thanks for not only the good, but the bad that is in your life. So and he, he has this. He has this working principle about this. Yep. So he yeah. discovers this principle that. We were created basically to worship God and give thanks. Again, the word in Greek for giving thanks is Eucharist, which is Catholics. Mm -hmm. We do this every day, mm -hmm. especially on Sundays, right? He's discovering it in a non-Catholic way, where it's literally getting on your knees. And he, and he, he takes St. Paul there and quotes St. Paul about giving thanks and praise to God in every circumstance. And so people think, well, yeah, just for the good ones. But he's like, no, for, for the bad ones. So then literally he gives example after example where, the, you know, like take the divorce situation. The, the man is there, another enough time, it's the wife. But he, has, he literally has them kneel down with him. They call on God. And he walks them through a prayer of actually thanking God that his wife is going to divorce him, like actually thanking him. Mm -hmm. and, he, and, he, and he does this thing about saying, we're not doing this to manipulate God. We're literally worshiping Him. We're actually trusting that God is in control of all circumstances and everything. And because we love God, everything's going to work for our good. And, and literally so many of these circumstances end up then flipping and turning right, absolutely. literally good in this world, not just like in the next world, but literally good in this world where conversion happens and so forth. Like, he gives like about five or six examples of they're in Vietnam. The, the men get messages from their wives, like the children are sick or the wife is going to mm -hmm. leave them. Or, and he literally has the men kneel down and they start 
doing the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving in Vietnam, and it literally changes the lives of everybody back in the United States. And then it gets confirmed later by letters coming and saying, hey, at this hour, this grace came into my life. Well, they find out, well, that's when they were kneeling down and thanking and praising the Lord, you know? Right. And it made me think of my own approach to prayer in terms of I always want to be given the strength to accept God's will and to go forward. He is like thanking God for the will. It's like, whatever you have put in my path, thank you. And, and he and stresses so how it, it's, it's an act of faith. Like, you can't, like, again, he, he stresses how this is not a psychological thing. Well, can obviously there's emotions and psychology involved in everything right. we do as people. But he's saying, this is not some mental trick we're doing. I'm not doing this as a mental, he literally, and he shares, like, his own personal examples of how there's these moments where he knows the way through a difficult situation is to thank and praise God, but there's no part of him that wants to do it. And so he literally has to make an act of faith. Like, he literally shows us how he falls down and literally he goes through the discipline of turning to the Heavenly Father and thanking him. And as a result, he himself is converted. Like, he literally is sharing in these pages his ongoing conversion towards God and being a faithful Christian through, through that difficult... It's called a sacrifice of thanks and praise because it doesn't feel good. You don't... I mean, think about this. Does anybody want to kneel down and thank God for their cancer or for the thing that's well, causing them to die? It, it seems so contrary, and, you know? And you can imagine the skepticism in the people, like, <laughs> really, this is what you're telling us mm -hmm. to do. I... He is extraordinary when it comes to praise. I mean, he actually has, was it the Praise Foundation or the Foundation of Praise? I think he passed like in 2013. But he, um, he says praise is the ladder upward. He had that, he had the, was it a dream? The dark cloud. Yes. It, it was like a dream cloud. or vision that he had there. Right. Yeah. That's powerful. Can you describe that to us? Well, he had a, like a dream vision of being here on earth, he saw a ladder going upwards, and there was this immense dark cloud. And people would, I might be paraphrasing parts of it, but went up this ladder, and some people turned away through this dark cloud. But when he went through it, and above it was the glory of the light that is our heavenly reward. And so he likened the ladder to the praise for Jesus Christ, for so the, our God. The, the way through the difficult and the darkness to, is to, right. uh, you know, discipline yourself to actually turn, trusting in God, in Christ Jesus, thanking and praising the Father in Christ Jesus. Again, I want to emphasize that, that word Eucharist. And, and why, why exactly. this is so inspiring to me as a Catholic priest is, like, as a priest, I celebrate Eucharist every day. I lead people to it. I teach them about it. But... You know, we can't be in Eucharistic adoration 24 hours a day. We can't be receiving the Eucharist 24 hours a day. We can't, you know, we can't be worshiping there at the altar 24 hours a day. But the other 25 hours, or 25, 23 hours of the day, you have a long literally day. <laughs> in your will, it's like a willful thing. Like, I will, right. I will, I choose to praise God in this difficult circumstance, in my argument with my wife or disappointment in my child or right. my boss is upset with me or I got two flat tires in my car. I mean, who, first thing you want to do is to curse God. Well, right. what happens if you'd actually thank and praise him for the two flat tires? How does that change your own heart? 
How does that change your relationship? Because suddenly God is, you, you know, it's working for your good and your salvation. So Well, and it, it lifts you up rather than tears you down. And again, he mentions the joy that he sees in people who lead Christ-centered lives. And he does mention the importance of, he mentions the sacrifice in the blood of Christ. He will periodically bring that up in this book, that that is key. And also he mentions not to act Christ-like, but really to have Christ within you. And right. and that is what shines through. The, the, the grace of your baptism, that Christ is doing it in you yes. through your will. And he so actually says baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, he's uh, very much, because his own baptism experience with that, yeah. Right, from his own uh, faith uh, background. Well, this remarkable uh, little book, uh, Prison to Praise by Merlin Carruthers, uh, made for a very quick uh, half-hour uh, discussion, as they always are with you, Nancy. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and we're looking forward to having uh, both you and Father Slattery back uh, uh, the yes. next time we're able to visit. So thank you very much again for, uh, for this time and for joining us. Yes, always my pleasure. Wonderful. Well, we know that you have questions, uh, those of you listening, about things that are happening in the church, things regarding the faith that you uh, have always wanted to ask. Now is your chance. 877-795-0122 is that number. You can also leave questions on the Facebook page of Real Presence Radio, and we will be looking forward to diving into those on the other side of this break with our Straight Talk segment, and that's coming up after these messages. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 